0: So hi, when we this podcast, I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with...
1: I'm Patrick. And I'm Dennis. And we are Knight Rider.
0: And we're have some questions to say about their new self-titled album. So congrats on that. By the way, how do you guys feel about their response to it so far?
2: Uh, I'm extremely stoked um, on the record itself and about the um, surprising number of people and like music things and like tiktoks and instagram pages that have um posted about it and like done reactions to it and reviewed it like you know reaching out like it, it organically got to um to the right people which i think is uh is really awesome
0: oh yeah the Fuck the yeah. album fucking rips
2: thank, thank you immaculate yeah thank you it's <laughs> honestly like one of my like it's It might be my favorite thing that I have ever been um, a part of, like my favorite release that I've ever been a part of.
0: Hell yeah, well deserved for sure.
1: Fucking awesome. I would agree. Hell yeah. I think it's the best songwriting we've ever done. I think. I mean, it's nice singing about things that um, are like more personal and emotional to me instead of like world revolution and then having half the fans <laughs> interpret it incorrectly. Yeah. that's perfect.
0: I that's so funny. It has been awesome to Boy the
1: metal scene has changed a lot in the last eight years, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Isn't, yeah. That,
0: isn't that crazy? Um, it's oh. been awesome to to see the project grow organically because um, you know, we started out. We talked about the the debut single. You know, and obviously, new band, old project, rebranded kind of thing. And um, you know, now with the record, seeing all sorts of people pick it up, and it's like we went from like this tight knit like community that you guys had on the first single, and now it's like everybody is talking about this in their new music Friday roundups, and that's fucking Can't awesome. Get
2: away from it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think that it uh something that I've been um something that i've been kind of processing in my head and something that i've brought up to the guys on like a most recent call was that when this first started yeah we did have it in mind that this was going to be a rebranded affiance and that it was affiance 2.0 and and i think that slowly uh and and like surely now it is its own thing it has i think completely successfully been separated from being Affiance 2.0. I don't see it like that anymore at all. I see this as a completely different project that was spearheaded by Dennis and our producer Danny. And when it came time for them to choose what musicians they were going to bring in to help them with this project, it was a no brainer to go to myself, Dominic and Brett. Um, But in that process, I know that it could be seen as, oh, this is just a but it has taken on such a different life and such a different, uh, like its own entity. And I, 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 I like the separation. Uh, yeah. I, I really do.
0: And it's even, it's even taken on that. Um that separation as the album has kind of progressed and, and the rollout has happened. Cause I feel like in the interview, you guys did kind of talk about how it was like a point 2.0. Cause we were just on the debut single. And now you're here saying that like, this is its own separate entity. Like a is one thing and this is something totally different. So it's been cool to, to see it all kind of unravel in real time.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. been like a, a process for us too, like, to navigate, you know, we've, we toured together for eight years. we, lived in a van, we we operated one way for a very long time. And and it took a while for us to get used to this new way of operating, which, you know, one way is uh, to look at it is we've never played a show yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We released a full length album. Spending money on I'm I'm basically a label owner at this point, like doing everything I, I have learned over the years to properly release an album independently. But like we we still haven't played a show. I mean we've got a show next month, but like it's 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 just wild to think of of the way we're going about it. And it's exciting too, because the way I see it is let's let's build demand instead of go play for 15 people in the basement of a bar. Mm-hmm. Right. Because
2: when Affiance Affiance was doing that, I mean, it was almost like the opposite. Like the way that you got people to listen to your music was to play as many fucking shows as you could in as many shitty towns as you could, in as many shitty venues as you could. And headline, 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 headline. headline. If you can get a support spot, cool. But headline, 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 headline. And it has become almost the opposite in this day of content creation and this day of streaming. It's almost like we, we branded this band and we were able to start putting out cool content and find the avenues to get people to, you know, listen to the music. And with that, I think it's like the opposite where the more people that we can get to listen to our music organically or, or through other people promoting it the more likely we are to start playing shows and instead of starting that um process of playing shows at this dingy you know basement of uh, of a vfw hall level when we start playing shows i think that we'll already be at the level you know of like where like affiance was when we stopped touring
0: yeah you guys already did the diy touring there's no point in doing right. it again like you can <laughs> no, only and do it all... so much before you <laughs> want know, it to dude. be over you know
2: and we're all we're all just too old and i've done this so <laughs> much so like i remember being like when affiance like kind of called it quits I, I told myself i was like i'm never going to be able to start a band from the ground up again like it's not going to be something that i'm going to be able to do i'm not i'm not going to be able to put in the blood sweat and tears that i put into trying to get a fines to make it into like another band and and i said like i would only join a band if they were already established and all this stuff and like i got the ice night gig and that's cool i like kept to my word there but the night rider stuff has been like not a walk in the park not a cakewalk or anything like that but it definitely has been a much less stressful process, and knowing knowing that the, the the do-it-yourself like grinding of like physically grinding in a van for eight years is maybe um, you know maybe behind us a little bit, and that when we actually start to to play some gigs, it won't have to be like that. It's it's just. My back, it, it, my back thanks me for that.
0: Your, your back can't take sitting in a van all year. I just
1: can't do it anymore, man. I'm just too old, dude. I, I, like, just, just, yeah. My entire body.
0: You, you can't do it either.
1: No, no. no Dennis, Dennis used close. to
2: sleep. Dennis used to sleep in the in the front captain's chair of our van, with his feet up on the dashboard. And reclined back as much as possible with, like, his back, backpack on his stomach, just, like, sleep apnea to the max, like, like, choking himself to life because he couldn't, like, breathe properly. And then when we would have to get out of the van, we'd have to, like, open the door and not, like, get his blankets and his pillow and his hair stuck in the door when we closed it again. And it was just, like, that That time of touring was just not good for it any of us physically
1: <laughs> you guys all only, sustained only physical thing...
0: injuries from that like it's over now
1: <laughs> yeah the only thing that we were uh that i felt like we did well in that era was um we were on bus schedule even though we were in a van most of yeah. the time we drove at night we were in the next city in the morning that gave us the personal time necessary to not lose your mind you know whether it was going to the gym or going to a coffee shop go be a yeah. tourist whatever um, there's you know, nothing
2: I that i hate more than driving during the day now like oh, it's terrible. Uh, and affiance taught me that and now that i'm like on bus schedule all the time i'm so thankful that we did that for most of our career where it was drive at night get to the venue the driver sleeps a little bit and then like you have the whole day to just fucking do whatever you want.
1: I can't, I can't understand how bands drive during the day. Like you're spending half of your day driving every day. I I've got oh, a
0: band that's out on the road right now because I, I I manage bands. That's like my my day job there, and oh, that, they they do the day driving. Must be thing. nice, Shane. Yeah, it's really fucking <laughs> sick. I love it. Um, they're they're out doing the the day driving thing, and I just don't fucking. I'd wanna I'd wanna kill myself for lack of a better word because <laughs> yeah. like you're you're going to these new fucking cities every day, and and they're just going to the fucking venue. They don't get to explore it all. Yeah. Like by the time they There's they get no, there for loading. Yeah,
2: I mean I know it's like. Like very much a uh, uh a thing to like go and sleep in a walmart parking lot at night and then wake up in the morning like that was a you know that's what bands in vans do you find a place to park after the show or you go stay at someone's house that is let you sleep on their floor or something like that and we only ever did that if it was like a short drive the next day or if like if we were you know, a day off the next day, or if we were just all really zonked and, like, couldn't drive, like, that's the only time that we, like, really sought out places to stay after a show because we wanted to be able to get to the next city and not, A, not be rushing to get to, like, Loden or something like that. If you leave too late and there's an accident on the freeway during the day because there's more traffic, like, there's tons of reasons why travel happens at night. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of bands, I guess, They might not think about that or they're, you know, they're okay with just driving to a venue, spending 10 hours there and then sleeping in a Walmart parking lot.
1: I think a big contributor to that is a lot of bands, especially younger bands when they're the first couple of years on the road, they're partying. So they can't drive. And we've never been a huge, we've never been a huge, like, yeah, we, we drink, you know, whatever, but we never got fucked up you know if, yeah. if somebody did get fucked up they weren't driving that night. they weren't the driver yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah you're you're yeah. right I, I i didn't take into account that like the few times that you're you know not the few times but the many times that we did stay the night somewhere or like you you would plan like oh there's an after party somewhere we should stay here tonight or who's ever driving you go to bed early and then our bus call is going to be you know five in the morning or something or oh sirens and tailors is going to park in this parking lot we're gonna go and park next to them and have like a a grill out for the night or something like that like it was a it was always a plan to like do social things Mm -hmm. um but you're right we never were like you know there wasn't any time where any of us were just like focused on getting fucked up every night and we had to sleep sleep off uh sleep off being drunk in order to drive the next morning or anything like that yeah right
1: Mm -hmm. makes sense Right.
0: Enough about it. Don't drink ability. and dry <laughs> don't, kids. Don't drink and dry That's wrong. Yeah. It's good. good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we don't condone so, that here. Mm-mm.
2: So, is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Um, uh, well, the album title's it's a, it's our
1: name. Title.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so
1: why why do we go? With <laughs> so why <self-title>? that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's self-titled. <laughs> it's self-titled just to. You know basically establish who we are and what we're doing so i mean the the band name could be an album title so it makes sense for it to be self-titled it's our first release we're just basically like explaining what we are you know and the the album art's just retro you know it, it literally looks like it's from 1983. um in my head i'm basically just 40 years behind all right, so it's two thousand twenty-three, but it's nineteen eighty mm. night rider. Uh,
2: Forty years gone.
1: Yeah, no, let's not talk anymore about that. <laughs> I funny. wish I remembered the ages I kept progressing the last time. <laughs> I think I think I'm like hundred and thirty-six now. You must
2: be.
0: Yeah.
1: Damn. Big um, <laughs> but, I would like yeah,
2: to I would like to say that I it was also i voted to have the first track on the record also be called Night rider i was outvoted but i thought that Night rider by Night rider on the album <laughs> Night rider was for sure the way to go it's okay i'm a, not bitter it's fine
1: <laughs> no that's How totally not, not why you're bringing
2: it up mode. right
0: now <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm here oh. to talk about that and that only
1: actually <laughs> <laughs> dennis I, why why did you sure. say no <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I was on the fence, but ultimately, why I went with ruminate was because, like I said, we had already established who we are, what we're doing, what we're about. So here, I wanted to say, "Hey, this is the part where you get in your car and you fucking ruminate." Ah, okay. I all right. I understand. I it's get it now. kicks off the whole album. Like you, you, the the like. I if there was a music video for every song, this one would be somebody frustrated flustered upset and needs to get some air outside and then they just beeline it to their car they get in and they peel out and they start a drive
0: mm-hmm. gotcha and if you yeah. self-title a song on your self-title record too are you like even further putting a stamp on it that like no this is what we sound like on the record that this is what we're supposed <laughs> yeah. to sound like you know like Oh it's it, yeah. it no, to spiral
1: That's that's a good point i didn't even think about that because like ruminate is definitely not the average on the album mm-hmm. so yeah, that's a that's a good good uh reinforcement of the decision to stick with ruminate yeah i'm gonna have to vote on <laughs> with the rest
0: of the band on this one patrick
2: what the hell patrick you got my vote it's okay thank
1: you eyes. we're split, um, I just, we're, split. Like, we're split we're an accurate uh representation of our country i just think <laughs> yeah Let's go to war Great social
0: commentary on that one dennis, <laughs> yeah.
1: okay, nice dennis. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry i forgot i'm the singer of night rider i talk less yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you talk less about politics now i'm mysterious you talk, you talk about your feelings yep. yeah i'm hurting okay. inside i am a sad boy i'm angsty <laughs> yeah. um,
0: so can you guys tell us a little bit about your writing process for the record
1: uh, yeah, it um is totally different than in the past. Um basically so in the beginning it was a combination of me and Patrick um like coming up with shells of songs with either the assistance of Ricky, respectively with Patrick. It was kind of it was cool because Patrick and Ricky are together all the time. So they would just like toy around and then Danny and I were together all the time, so we would toy around. So the beginning process was like just a handful of songs uh, from each of us coming together so that we can kind of figure out what the hell we're doing. And um, weirdly enough, the first couple songs on my end were actually ended up becoming Affiance songs, like Lost and Forgotten and The Line. That was back when we didn't know that this was gonna be something entirely different. And, um, you know, I wanted to start a synthwave project like four years ago called tech noir. And I started showing the guys what I was working on and they were like, Whoa, this is sick. Well, Patrick was the first one. I came up to Buffalo to work on what would become Fearmonger, And he was like, uh, can we just like merge the two? And, uh, I was like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> um, and then, so, and now we're here, but um, Patrick was working on what would become Caller a long time ago, as well as Nemesis. Um, and then, you know, once we had like five or six songs, six, actually it was like seven or eight, if you include the line and Lost and Forgotten, we were like, all right, we should probably change our name. And and then from there we wrote the rest of the songs and from that point it usually started with me and danny and then kind of went around the circle um and the biggest difference is now that it starts with like the vocalist is is involved at the beginning Mm -hmm. the songs allow me to actually be vocal centric instead of like protest the hero or something like we used Mm -hmm. to be where we're i'm just Singing notes over a bunch of other guitar notes yeah. and drum parts, um, yeah. leading to songs that are way more catchy and accessible to people. And you know, only took like forever to figure that out. But yeah, it only took um, us
2: um, one,
1: two, three. F- it only took us four,
2: four releases uh, and a bunch of cover songs to
1: realize that um, our writing process was a little fucked up. <laughs> well, you know, never. another... In our defense, though, we had never worked with an experienced producer in our entire career. Well, yeah, because we were just writing songs
2: in a room together. We didn't, we never did remote writing or, or writing from different places. We would lock ourselves in a practice space with amplifiers and live drums and write records. So, of course, Dennis would be singing at the top of his lungs because... He was writing over a concert, basically, like there was no way to to isolate any of these parts or we just we didn't have the technology at the time. Like none of us were savvy and we were just doing garage band practices and writing riffs and having Dennis sing over them rather than, you know, writing just like a baseline and having Dennis
1: sing over that and then base what we do around him like it was so uh it's, it's my fault too though because as a as a metal fan who the fuck was that <laughs> um, as a as a metal fan I wanted the interesting I wanted the solos I wanted the interesting grips I, I loved Azaleigh dying I loved August Burns Red and I was like oh I can sing over this we could be unique because we're the only band singing over well in hindsight I realized why no one else was it makes for a mess like not, <laughs> not saying that the songs aren't enjoyable or good in their own no, they're way. They're good, good songs. But, but it's a lot. You have to be in the mood to be like, all right, I want to be slapped in the face by you know Iron Maiden vocals, freaking you know traditional metalcore riffs, breakdowns, drums are going nuts. I I only do the, I only listen to this when I work out. You know, like and <laughs> yes. it's like well it's like no one would play that at a party <laughs> you know be like hey let's uh let's get this party going you know get up off the ground or whatever i want to stop talking about a <laughs> it's done it's done yeah
0: it's over, it's, it's, over. It's, it's, over. It's, it's, over. it's over
1: yeah, yeah guys gonna, stop
0: I'm, making I'm, us
2: do this i'm, I'm sorry
0: <laughs> sorry i'm sorry we'll stop asking <laughs> questions <laughs> then you guys can just have yeah. a conversation
1: cut all the fiance questions <laughs> Perfect. Wow. <laughs> it's oh, that's show. nice, dude. Hell yeah. I need I need the vinyl to come to me so I can put it on the wall. Anyway, yeah. um, no, sorry. I just it's
0: okay. It's it's part of the band's history, so it's worth you know talking about. Um, no, yes, you're 100 percent yes, right. right. Yeah, but I I am curious, like, why Fearmonger was the song that has the the quote unquote affiance feature on. DSPs?
1: Easy. It is the most Affiance-like song on the album.
0: Gotcha. Because okay. you had um, mentioned it being like a mix of two projects, but I, it, I believe it was when you were talking about the Synthwave project and you said that there was a mix of those? Or did you mm-hmm. mean a mix of Night Rider and Affiance?
1: Knight Rider and Affiance.
0: Gotcha. Makes yeah. sense.
1: Because I think Knight Rider is
2: more or less the mix of what... We were going, what we were writing for New Affiance music and Dennis's project that he wanted to do called Technoir, putting those things together is really what gave us Knight Rider. Um, and the Fearmonger aspect of it was I mean, basically, basically, Fearmonger was the last song that was written for New Affiance before we had really committed to changing everything to Knight Rider, um, mm. and then so we just added in that kind of a little bit of the synth aspect to that song to kind of make it a little bit of a crossover. Um, and I think more or less like making it a feature of a band, like of the same band is almost, it was almost just like making a meme. Like it was more or less <laughs> just- a Spider-Man,
0: Spider-Man
2: meme. <laughs> And, like, we just wanted people to talk about, like, ex- exactly what's happening right now. Like, I think that the overall goal was to just get people to fucking talk about it and be like, this doesn't make any sense. And it's like, okay, but you listened to the song, didn't you?
0: Exactly. And <laughs> we got <gotcha>. you. Yeah, gotcha.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was, it, there was some thought put behind it. Like, we know there's a lot, there were a lot of Affiance fans. We released that in June and I was like I really want to reach the Affiance fans who have no idea what's going on still mm. and so like obviously it's easy we own both we are the members of both so like, it's like is this is a no-brainer and I yeah. kind of watched the numbers shoot up and then they dropped really hard and that was when I realized that there's a hand. There's a good chunk of Affiance fans that do not give a shit about what we're doing now. One because they're 40 years old. Two, um, it's just not the same. It really isn't the same. I, I don't. You know, metalcore is such a loose term now. Everything's metalcore that has like a little bit of screaming and a breakdown in it, regardless of anything else. Yeah. And um i i don't know if we're metalcore i we're influenced by metalcore we're influenced by gen we're influenced by synthwave we're infu- influenced by rock like these the, these choruses are, could be rock choruses like we have more in common with lincoln park than we do kill switch engage anymore yeah you know yeah. um it's just heavier it's just more technical and uh, like I, I think that metalcore has just i think
2: um uh... Like Jesse Lee does a good job on his TikToks and stuff, saying like, "Here's the trending tracks in the alternative music scene" or something. Mm-hmm. He uses that term, and and most of those songs are, are, you know, most of those songs end up being metalcore bands who are now doing like radio songs. You know, mm-hmm. like Bad Omens is on the top of, and and even Ice Nine Kills are like uh, top, and Motionless and White like topping those alternative music things when it's just fucking metalcore bands and i think that metalcore and alternative is almost like metalcore is becoming the term for just alternative heavy rock music Mm -hmm. just because everything was influenced by
1: 2000s metalcore now (laughs) no it's funny it's funny because like on apple music which our album loaded to some reggae band um named night rider which makes no sense why are, what what kind of branding is that you're yeah. a reggae band you're called night rider anyways um we're labeled as alternative mm-hmm. on there and i, I saw that yeah. and i was like alternative like smashing pumpkins like yeah. what? like imagine dragons <laughs> what is alternative anymore right the alternative to yeah. what taylor mm-hmm. swift i don't yeah. know Guess um so. Oh, I'm so mad at myself for even bringing her up. No offense to her, but everybody talks about her.
0: You can't get away from she's her. Everywhere. I walk into Target, her face is plastered everywhere with that new fucking record that the fans don't even like, but they're still buying. It.
1: Yeah, don't even, don't even get well, me started. Don't even get me started. She's dating a Cleveland guy, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, that's all I. So
0: she made she made the NFL more relevant than they've ever been ever.
2: Yeah, I can't oh, believe wow. I watched that's my insane. first football game a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Does hurt? <laughs> Thanks, Taylor Swift. I don't know
1: what a quarterback is.
0: <laughs> Never heard of it.
1: No clue. Um, but yeah, the writing process <laughs> is uh, way more streamlined. Is that the
0: question? <laughs> yeah,
1: I <Yes>. think so. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I honestly yeah. don't know. I thought it might have been, but streamlined um, is the
2: is the correct word. And working with a knowledgeable professional producer to help keep us in line, rather than us sit in a room and just write riffs with each other, you know, that was one way of doing it. And now the other way of doing it is have somebody else
1: mediate what we do. (laughs) Well, another really cool thing about this process is it took four years Mm -hmm. and, you know, we were our old band before that shall not be mentioned. And, and now we're Knight Rider. And um, in those four years, Danny, our producer, like grew with us and we grew together and now it's like he's he's our fifth member, you know, like he's a part of this. And I can't imagine like I, I can imagine including somebody in the process, but like leaving him and going somewhere else. That's like changing what we are almost, you know? Yeah. If we um, went to
2: a bigger producer or something like that, Danny would have to come with us. Like yeah. and Ricky is such a huge part of writing these songs musically not even just like conceptually but like the music is a, a lot of the music was was either perfected or written by danny and if we went to another producer like with a budget and like if we had a bigger budget and we went to you know fucking some big name producer danny would just be the fifth member of this band coming with
1: us. and i'd have to yeah. sell my house but <laughs> right. um yeah. And, and Ricky's involvement early on was huge, too, because it taught me how to write better vocals mm-hmm. and it taught Danny how to um, write better courses. And, and yeah, better- and those
2: two I still learned. those two have never met. Like Danny and Ricky have never been in the they same need room, to. Before, which is crazy, because if you had if you had the four of us, Danny and Ricky in a studio together for a week, I bet you mm-hmm. we could we could change we could change lives. Cool. The world, you could change yeah.
0: alternative music. Uh, we could change oh. alternative music.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So, why hasn't that
0: happened yet? Why have you guys not all gotten in a room well, together?
2: Because me and Ricky are on tour eight months out of the year.
0: <laughs> nah, don't let that stop you.
2: <laughs> Damn, okay. Um, so what song off this album took longest to write, and which one is each of your own personal favorite? You can take longest to write because I think the songs that I wrote happened very quickly from my process to like Dan, like either me, Ricky, then Danny or whatever, like that process for the ones that I wrote went pretty quickly. Um, So I think you, you would know more about how long some of those other songs
1: took. Yeah. Um, Well, first on that note, I think, I think it's actually quicker to go through, a line of people uh, because you get stuck in your own head about something you're working on entirely by yourself. Um, so the two songs that took the longest for me uh, were Eyes of Luna and Cold War. I actually hated those songs at one point because I was so frustrated. and I was like, something's wrong, something's wrong. And um, ultimately, it just took me like taking a step back and letting go and going, hey, you know, you don't have to be obsessed with every song on the album. And I ended up liking those songs more once they were done than in, while I was writing them. But like, I think that's a
2: problem that we had when, when we were writing, you know, years and years and years ago, all of us had the issue of being so connected and so um, obsessed with parts of songs that we were writing where we where it was like, hey, if this part's not in the song, then I don't want to fucking write this song. Or or like, you know, this is the best riff I've ever written. Why don't you guys like it? Or like, if I can't play a breakdown over this chorus, then I don't want to fucking, I don't want to do a four on the floor chorus. I want to play a breakdown rhythm. And it's like Mm -hmm. half of the songs that we wrote would have been better with simpler choruses and with, you know, less busy guitar riffs. And now it's like, like you said, like letting go of something, like instead of like having the, Having the creative uh, uh, wherewithal to not be completely tied to a part and be willing to have fresh ears and have somebody else, um, you know, produce and take what what you have and be like, I don't think this is the best thing for this song. Let's put it on the shelf and maybe use it somewhere else. Let's think about the song in general, Um, you know, kind of like you said, like, let go for a bit, take a step away, let somebody else work on it and then see, you know, kind of forget about it and see if you like it anymore. You know, I've listened to demos of ours that I was writing, and I was like, man, I was really like, I really was mad that this part didn't make it into the song or something, and then I listened to the actual song, and I was like, all I needed to do was just forget about what the demo sounded like, and now I really, I love what the song sounds
1: like. There's no question. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. And favorites?
1: Uh, favorite songs? That's... Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's so hard. I think you guys asked me favorite stuff last time, and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm the guy who orders all the ice cream flavors. Uh, I can give you a top five.
0: Okay. I can get the top three.
1: I was gonna say. <laughs> you guys are always whittling me down. I I'm just gonna rank the. Re- I'm gonna give you a top eleven. Um, <laughs> I'm <gonna rank> it. <laughs> um, it's probably in no particular order: nemesis, survive, and disaster. All right. But the song that I'm most proud of doing or like pushed me out of my comfort zone and and I really like how it came out and and I'm happy I did it was portals because that's the poppiest thing we've ever done and I sound good in it and it made me realize like that and running up that the running up that hill cover made me realize like oh, I can I can 100% step outside of metalcore and and do some different stuff and you know it's definitely going to influence the next record too um and then my least favorite song i know you oh. didn't ask but <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead
1: that's easier for me that's easier um and i, I want to see if patrick can guess what's my least favorite song on the album uh well Fearmonger. yeah yeah
0: Because because it's the closest to the band that shall not be named.
1: Gotcha. I'm I'm bored with it. I I don't. I'm not saying it's not a good song. It's it's a good song, and I do still enjoy it. He's just saying you could tell that I wrote it, and he doesn't like it. No, (laughs) I literally came to Buffalo and and wrote a lot of it with you.
0: (laughs) He liked it so much he came to Buffalo.
1: I know <laughs> just a shit on it later
0: <laughs> so it, it,
1: it it has it has some really cool parts. I think that's what it is. It's like the song has really parts. cool parts, mm-hmm. but as a song, it's my least favorite.
0: gotcha gotcha
2: um I think right now I've been listening to the record basically like every day um just because I am just a huge fan of it like i uh, I love this okay. record and I'm really proud of it. And I think that other people, I think more people need to hear it because not, not because I want it. Like I'm not looking at this from a, I want Knight Rider to blow up for personal reasons. I just think that if more people don't listen to this, they're missing out. Like it's just something where I just want people to experience this record because it, I just think it's so fucking good. Um, But my favorite so far after listening to it multiple, multiple times is um Collar, Survive, and Rearview um, have jumped to to the top. Um, I love those songs. I think my least favorite song, um pro- I, I would say probably Ruminate, just because it is just like it's the it's like the shortest song, it's the simplest song. Uh it has some cool parts in it. Um, it's a good. I think it's a good tone setter for the record, um, but so, as a as a whole, I think it's maybe the the weakest song, but it but it serves its purpose. I
1: Makes would sense. agree with that, except the intro to Ruminate just gets me go. I'm just like, oh god, we start this album out perfect, like yeah. the the synth and then like setting the tone with the lyrics, like alone on the highway, and like yeah. I'm just like, hell yeah. And I've gotten a lot of feedback that people really like the chorus. But I digress.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, how did the tracklist the album come about? Did you guys write the opener be the opener, close be closer, shuffle on and see what fits? What was that process like?
1: We had probably like three different album lineups at one point, but we always had the album starting with Ruminate and ending with Portals, And we always knew we were going to put Nemesis somewhere in the middle and then the rest yeah. last- yeah. and i think i think collar before ruminate was a thing
2: and collar was one of the main tracks that we had written already my i think m- my approach to writing collar was to have it be the opening track um not mad that it's not I-, I like the flow from ruminate into collar i think it kind of again serves the purpose of setting the tone and then kind of bringing you into like a second first track almost Um, but yeah, I think that we've always been as songwriters and as album writers, uh, always been a first song, last song type of group where we've always known what we wanted the first song and the last song to be. We always wrote those songs specifically to be the first and the last songs. And, uh, I think that for some reason, we just always thought that it was very important to, have um a, a a very specific sounding first and last song oh
1: yeah that's, that's very true yeah yeah
0: uh, so would you guys
2: be able to tell us where your headspace is at while you're creating this record man
1: uh four years so yeah i mean yeah.
2: Time. And I've I been mean, a it, lot of
1: places yeah and
2: it, and it because it kind of started with us reconnecting um, mm-hmm. There was a bit of excitement at the beginning of writing these tracks, of you know, just being back with your boys, like connect, like getting yeah. on phone calls in in 2020, and sharing sharing projects and sharing folders and Dropboxing stuff, and you know, uh, realizing that we were all too good together to not be writing songs together. Um, you know, so there, it it kind of started off as this excitement kind of thing. And then, you know, once I think it started getting into the lyrical and vocal process, um, Dennis could probably take where he was at. Cause I, I don't think any of us really had a specific mindset or mental state when we were writing, say the instrumentals to these songs or anything like. I could tell you that collar, you know, I, I, you know, was drinking gin and tonics when I was writing collar. If that shows you anything, you know, little little creative buzz going on in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I remember mm-hmm. that. That's where my headspace was when I wrote the demo of collar. <laughs>
1: but like Dennis's headspace for writing like vocals and lyrical stuff is probably way different than that. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, so like collar is a good example. Patrick actually wrote. The bulk of the lyrics for that song and handed it off to me it's like what do you think this is all just kind of a guide you know these these are melodic ideas that me and ricky came up with um and i was like i love it and what i love most about it, it it took me out of my comfort zone and it forced me to think of it differently so i took it i changed some things i added some things and i made the song my own and it inspired me. And like the working title was Collar. He, he never had any meaning about it. It didn't matter. And it meant a lot to me because I was like, Holy shit, like this collar that's holding me back or anyone back, like what, what, what is our collar, you know? And it's all about just like how the past, you know, being stuck in the past, trying to go back and change things or, or wishing you could, or regretting what you did, Um, keeps us from being present and, and moving forward. And that's what the whole song's about, you know, and, um, you know, like survive is about fight or flight mode, like being constantly stuck in fight or flight mode and how um, our anxiety ridden society is leading so many people to hurt the people that they love unintentionally because they're not emotionally available. They're in, they're in survival mode. And so the imagery is of a car crash, you know, like how you can't control the conditions of the road and, um, you know, or like nemesis is the lyrical inspiration for the entire project, which is I am the nemesis. I never wanted, I never meant to see myself in the mirror, basically just admitting, like I am my worst, my own worst enemy. I am, I am the problem, which, you know, is kind of the way that I can tickle the itch, scratch the itch of my old lyrical writing, which is very macro, philosophical, political. I'm taking that same concept and making it micro and personal, right? Instead of going, you're the problem, fuck you, burn to the ground, whatever. um, It's going, no, oh, fuck me. Mm -hmm. How I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. I'm a I'm I do the things that I hate and accuse other people of doing. I I contribute to the to the machine that I I claim to be against, you know, like and and just if we look in the mirror more, we're going to be better people. That's it. The more often you look in the mirror and go, "How can I be better? What can I do differently?" What did I do wrong? How can I learn and grow from this? The less you're going to hurt others, the the, the more you're going to contribute to others, and the happier and more fulfilled you're going to be in life. And if everybody did that, we'd be living in a different world. So yeah. that's yeah, I- kind of what Knight Rider is. It's, it's very, I, I started my mental health journey by myself for a couple of years when, um, Affiance broke up. Damn it. I said it. We um, were doing something. And it really screwed me up. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was going. I was selling LED lights. I was not myself. I was a shell of myself.
2: To just people on the street. He
1: was just pulling out light bulbs and going, will you buy this? <laughs> um, and then, uh, And then I decided that I needed help. I couldn't do it by myself. I was unpacking all this stuff. I was learning about psychology, pretty hardcore. Like i I love it. And, but you can't unpack your own stuff by yourself entirely. You just got all these open boxes in a room and you're looking at all the clutter and you don't know how to file these memories, these traumas, these, these uh, tendencies you have. So I got a therapist a couple of years ago and and honestly a huge inspiration for this album is, mental health and like survive is about fight or flight. And um, what else? Uh, Eyes of Luna,
2: I was gonna you did uh, write you wrote the lyrics to Nemesis um, before Taylor Swift wrote the I'm the problem. It's me song. I think we did uh, that first.
0: OK,
1: I'm not sure, but I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> Eyes, Eyes of Luna sounds like you're singing to a partner that you don't want to leave or, you know, you're trying to reason with, but the truth is the and 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 it is inspired by those feelings, hundred percent, but it's actually a conversation you're having with yourself. Like there's a thing in, in psychology called internal family systems, IFS, where you identify parts of you. Like there's the wounded child, there's the firefighter, there's the manager, and it's like trying to communicate to these different protective parts of yourself that have developed from from a very early age for survival like because we haven't evolved that much like our bodies are still wired to think that lions are going to eat us but really you're just trying to not get fired and please your boss so you can get a raise yeah or or you know not have your partner think that there's better options out there because the world is everyone's oyster and nobody's happy and nobody knows what they want. Like, there's all these stressors in our society that don't need to be there. We make everything harder than they need to be. We don't just appreciate what we have or how we show up in a day. And um, yeah, the whole album is about that and how you just need to fucking stop Take a deep breath, get in your car, drive until you you, you feel a little better, you know, like and, and think and process, step away. That's that's Knight Rider. Yeah, I am a Night Rider. I wrote almost all the lyrics in my car driving around Metro Cleveland between the hours of 10 and 4 a.m.
0: I love it. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, really getting into it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's the matcha. It's it's hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love matcha. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Payment uh, Hot. He's like, hey, how's everybody doing? I'm Patty G. Woo! And I'm all like... <laughs> <laughs> the sad part is, is I've been awake since 8.45. Yeah, so have I. But thanks to uh, long COVID, my brain doesn't work the first third of the day. So... <laughs>
0: Uh, need that matcha to, to really get it going
1: just, oh it's yeah. anti-inflammatory as well
0: love yeah. that yum healthy for you this is a cool um,
1: color it's, it's green like yeah. so, see that guys? <laughs> <laughs> for people a listening to the
0: audio he's showing us yeah, his green matcha green.
1: <laughs> cool color <laughs> no that's pretty cool yeah. is this is good i'm 156.
0: <laughs> he keeps getting older Let's as get the podcast goes on um, the <laughs> so this question should be super, super quick off the top of your head i want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words no more no less six words total three words each
2: introspective hard-hitting smooth nice
1: Ooh, nice <laughs> Would that make you want to listen to an album? I don't know. I'm just going to find synonyms for the same thing because I 100% 100 agree with what he said. No way. Existential. Ethereal. Nice. What the hell? (laughs) I only half know what that word means. (laughs) Um, Wall of sound, which is three words. but
0: We'll hyphen it. it. You're good, yeah
1: ball of sound because oh i thought that ethereal was supposed to be the synonym for hard hitting i was like oh no that's smooth
2: i get it now yeah 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 and
1: uh yeah danny's mix and master on this like i i'm just gonna say it we sound like we should be huge yeah there Mm -hmm. are plenty of albums by bands far far more successful, well, just successful in general, um, <laughs> that that they, they, the record, they spend $90,000. Mm-hmm. You know? $50,000. And it doesn't sound as good as this.
0: Where would that money
1: like, go? It, it's politics. It's music industry stuff. And the fact that I know this is just, I hate that I know it, you know? But like, it I'm really proud of Danny and yeah. his growth as a producer. And we're very lucky that we're friends with him and yeah. he's excited about this and wanted to do it with us. Cause this Cause is how- $90,000. <laughs> exactly. Love yeah. that. Yeah. It, it, did, not. Yeah. it did not. Yeah. Dennis
0: doesn't have to sell his house to, to right. pay for he the He actually
1: just like yes. bought a house. Exactly. Yeah. I just bought yeah. it, like, Hell yeah! two months ago today. Two months ago today, I got the <gasps>
0: Congratulations. Yay!
1: Yeah. That reminds me, I gotta pay my electric bill. Oh, fuck.
2: Aww. So are you able to touch on any particularly challenging or standout moments from the creation of this album, positive or negative? I think that for me, personally, Patrick Galanti, um I was... I know I, I, I use Collar as an example for a lot of um, the answers to this question, but it's because it's the song that I had the biggest hand in writing. Um, and I think the initial reaction from the guys when uh, when I sent them the demo that me and Ricky put together with um, with some of the vocal melodies and with the lyrics that I wrote, like the whole package, sending that over to them and to have the reaction be as good as it was um, and as supportive as it was to me as a songwriter uh that was a huge memory for me and like a good memory for me to really it really um, just like strengthened my and gave me more confidence in in my songwriting knowing that my you know my creative partners were endorsing like my first step into like full songwriting
1: Hell yeah. Dennis? Um, honestly, the whole process was positive. Like, there was never any major issues. There weren't any fights. There weren't any major disagreements. It was, I mean, it took forever, but it was the smoothest writing process we've ever had. There weren't too many cooks in the kitchen at any one given time. Everybody had an opportunity to touch, you know, things and 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 put in their two cents or contribute. And, you know, sometimes people did, sometimes people didn't. Um, I would say the only negative thing was the, I've been so busy with work and life that I'd have to go down and record at night and I'd be up, you know, I'd be down there till like four in the morning and then go to bed at like five. Cause it's like 45 minutes South of where I live uh, in the Akron area. And it would put a toll on me. Like the next day, sometimes two days I'd be screwed up. Cause you know, like I say, unfortunately I have some health stuff I deal with and like, I just don't have, you know, when Patrick was talking about touring and sleeping in the, captain's chair in a van I'm just like oh my god like there's so many things that I just couldn't do without paying a huge toll anymore and um that that was the and I wouldn't consider that negative I would just say that was the price I paid to do this and it's it sucked but 100% worth it and I would do it again just not for four years yeah.
0: hell yeah hell yeah um, well for this last question we're placing the full ban in a horror movie who will die first and who will survive until the end
1: Honestly, um, that, that's kind of hard with us Um, just going with
2: like personality traits and how I've known these guys for the past 15, 14 15 years <laughs> Um, I don't know. I might be basing all of this on like past
1: <laughs> like iterations of these guys, but yeah. Dominic dies first. <laughs> oh, oh in, in, the, in the old in the old era, that's that's true.
2: Yeah, because he would probably be a little more uh
1: spontaneous,
2: that's erratic, and maybe a little a little airheaded in a situation um brett would be very careful and sheltered and 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 probably stay safe for a very long time um but might become too comfortable and then not expect the death to happen um and I think Dennis would charge full speed at the problem, and then might get killed. And I, I'm saying I would sir I'm saying Dominic would die first, and I would survive the whole thing.
0: <laughs> so, what makes you survive to the end? what What do you bring? What do you do?
1: Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. Dennis, would you would you agree with any of that? I would agree with that. Seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that assessment perfectly seven years ago but the reason why i said it was hard is because i'm thinking about us now yeah and um i don't know like everybody's grown so much in the areas that they were weak right Right. like you know we all have our weaknesses and strengths and um we're all more balanced now i guess and i feel like we would all survive because we would have each other's backs, and we wouldn't be like separated in this movie. And, and yeah, I, I guess not. Now, now,
2: be seeing as we all we'd have, all die. Yeah, that or we all die because we refuse to to give the other person up. Yeah. Um, I I think that the you know we've all grown in our in our problem solving skills. And in our patience, and in our um, decision making, in handling situations, and I think that I was just thinking of the way that I look at problems now, and the way that I remove emotional connection to a lot of um, a lot of problems that I have. I try to look at things very matter of factly these days. And I think that that uh, taking out like an emotional response to something could make you last longer in a horror movie in, see, in, in viewing, in viewing whatever is killing you as the problem coming up with the solution. I think that I would be very quick to be coming up with solutions on how to survive.
1: Right. It's funny where you've gotten better with being more logical yeah I've gotten better by becoming more emotional emotional, yeah like oh. I had to tap into my childhood version of me, which was super emo, yeah, and uh you know, there was a phase there where I was just like, I don't know, just so disconnected well, from that part of me, yeah and and like
2: I had the opportunity and the privilege of growing up as an adult immediately at the age of 18 being surrounded by you and like your friends and stuff. And it taught me a lot about not being a fucking little New York prick and not being as emotional in my responses and in my solutions to things. You know, I, I obviously I've done a lot of growth in the past, like five years, but I was growing the entire time that, you know, I was in affiance just because I had to. And because I was surrounded by, you know, older influences that were not afraid to tell me to
1: stop being a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, this is a little uh, insider thing that's kind of cool about our story <laughs> is, um, yeah. so I'm a little older. And when we asked Patrick to join, I had an interview with his mom on the phone uh, she just wanted to make sure I wasn't a nut job, basically, and make sure that he was going to be in good hands because he was going to move in with me, mm-hmm. and and then so that went well. And then I went to Buffalo, and we went to it was Duff's, right? Oh, yeah, we went to Duff's with his dad. Same thing, and it's crazy. At the time, it didn't faze me. I, you know, it, it, there was nothing wrong with it. It was good, right? It was it was a positive thing. But looking back there was a lot of pressure on me. And I was not, I was, I was a young adult. Like, yeah, I didn't have the guidance. I didn't have the support network. And I just like, Dom and Patrick were younger. They were 18, you know? And, and uh, I was like, ah, shit. I'm <laughs> big. I'm uncle Denny. I'm big brother Denny. I don't know. You know, like, Yeah. and I made mistakes. I, I, I didn't always have the answers, but I felt like I needed to have the answers. And that's part of the reason why I was disconnected from the emotional side. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. Makes total sense.
1: Um, I had to just, people looked at me for the answers. What do we do? So I tried to reach out to somebody with more wisdom. And if I couldn't, I had to try to make my best guess. And sometimes I was wrong. Yep.
0: Makes total sense. All right. Well, um as i said that's all the questions you have to say is there anything that you guys like to plug uh
2: i mean go listen to the record stream it on um, services um music all the visuals that are out right now you can watch all of those there will be um a new visual for what rear view coming out
1: yeah that'll be
2: a couple months from now a couple months for that um yeah i mean like the instagram is night rider the band um that's where you can find you know everything that you need to know links and stuff like that for um further vinyl ordering or merch or anything like that can all be just found in the link in our bio on uh
1: night rider the band on instagram
0: oh yeah all right well thank you for sounds guys been
1: i'll do the shameless plug of uh if you enjoy the record please consider supporting us by buying a vinyl or a cd there's not many cds sitting on a lot of vinyl we ordered a lot of vinyl <laughs> so please buy vinyl um and our show is december 8th in cleveland if uh
2: anybody you know listening wants to take a take a drive or take a ride uh, up to cleveland or um there's still tickets available for that
1: oh yeah yeah uh, that's ex- i'm so i'm so excited and scared I mean, that's be awesome. just like, I do it all the time. <laughs> but like, that's like, I'm coming you,
0: off tour and playing this one. This is easy.
1: <laughs> you can never be allowed to be nervous to play a show again once you've opened up for Metallica multiple no. times. And honestly, uh, I am i haven't been nervous in a pretty long time. <laughs> yeah. And I used to not be, but this show, I'm going to have to do breathing exercises before I go on. You're
0: going to be uh, shitting uh, front.
1: It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to becoming whole i'm view i'm viewing this as it'll be six and a half years since i've been on stage uh, the night of that show and i feel like i'm gonna get a superpower like as soon as the the, the track starts the first yeah. song like yeah and i i really hope i'm right and i'm not just delusional <laughs>
0: you're right it's <laughs> gonna be sick we're oh, gonna yeah. crush it so. all right oh, thank you well thank you for this guy's it's been dennis and patrick from night rider and we have been the good noise podcast